HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Up your marketing game and support nonprofit food radio when you put your brand on the HRN airwaves with a business membership. HRN is committed to spotlighting small businesses that keep our community vibrant. When you become an HRN business member at the $500 level, you'll receive on-air mentions on HRN podcasts, shout-outs on social media, listings on our website, and more as part of our thank you package. By becoming an HRN member, you'll help sustain our mission to transform the way people think about food. In return, HRN will shine a light on your work in front of an audience of food enthusiasts, industry insiders, owner-operators, and decision-makers. Become a business member and make your tax-deductible donation today at heritageradionetwork.org slash B-I-Z. I'm Lou Bank. I'm Chao Privan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast from the Heritage Radio Network that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And gives me great headaches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is exactly what we're going to do today is give you a headache, Chao. Well, I just landed in Chicago. I, I haven't slept a lot. I am sluggish, slow, yep. not my best me. So no, whatever not. terrible curveball you're going to throw at me, it's going to be... And terrifying. we're recording just sitting in our living room slash dining room slash kitchen uh, in a way that's going to make Roy nuts because the sound quality is not going to be up to his expectation. It's all in the hips. Then on top of that. And on top of that, we got a puppy dog wandering around behind us who doesn't know what's going on. He just wants Connie, but Connie's out of town. Connie being your wife for whoever doesn't know that. Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. For the, <laughs> I think Connie's the only person who listens to this podcast yes okay. uh, well she tells you that yeah. anyways so what we're we talking about now that we gave the full introduction yeah so i've got this theory right uh, we, i know we've got i know i i hurt your head with these theory but i've got all of these bottles that we've been receiving from folks some of which have nothing to do with agave but they're all craft spirit related right mm -hmm. so they I, have to do with agave 
Maybe well, it's not the raw material that's being used to gather it, but it comes from the tradition of small producers making interesting stuff. Well, this is actually exactly the point I want to get okay. to. I've had an epiphany. It might have been an epiphany, <laughs> and it might have just been wrong, Java. Okay. But I had this epiphany. So, I, you know, I'm not going to name this first uh, bunch of bottles, mainly because I don't like to talk ill of companies, especially companies I like. And I like this company. Mm. Um, but I, I've been receiving, and again, nothing agave related, but I've been receiving these uh, these flasks from them uh, every month or two. I don't remember how often it's sent. And, um, and it's every single month, it's been grain-neutral spirits distilled with something okay okay and it's it's a craft distillery that does some stuff that i'm absolutely blown away mm -hmm. by and i signed up for this experimental thing that they're doing um so excited that i'd get to taste some of the small insider stuff and it's just been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment it's not what we're currently sipping no, 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 but we will get right. to this. I want you to taste oh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and 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 then I, I compared that with these bottles we've been getting from our friend, the uh, the anonymous uh, bootlegger uh, who's making booze uh, uh, um, using a still that he built himself in his basement. Is there a, is there in the guy in our WhatsApp group? Is he in? Oh, we, yes. You and we I have, have a WhatsApp yeah, yeah, with him. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Really cool kid. Yeah. And so he's doing his own version of craft distilling. And I mm -hmm. had this epiphany about these two things that, like, I, I wanted to do this live with you on air because I know on air. <laughs> I wanted to record this live with you because I know if I had had this conversation with you ahead of time, mm. you would have started doing research and formulated opinions. And I find you much more interesting when you're unprepared. I will delve into your notion of interesting uh, later on, but That's sure. Fair. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. So here's my theory yeah. is you've got these uh, distilleries who refer to themselves as craft spirits distilleries. And, you know, fair enough. Everybody can have their own definition of craft. Mm. But I think the vast majority of them, including these little flasks that I've been so disappointed in, um, the vast majority of them define craft uh, in terms of these are special and unique flavors that we're extracting, and they're not even thinking about the spirits themselves or, more importantly, the process of how they make those spirits. Uh, the craft I... has more to do with their palates than with the process. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So what you're trying to... <sighs> I, 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 you know, <laughs> you should have had him. No, had no, 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 but, but I, I, I think that I, I, I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed of how I, I think I gather a bunch of what the United States is in, uh, in, like gen the generalizations that I make about the U.S. because you're a very large <laughs> wait, country. Wait, wait. You get annoyed by the generalizations that you make. Correct. Yes. Okay. I, I, th I think sometimes they're not super fair, but. If I'm understanding you well, maybe it is because in this country, a, a natural original flavor is not the most common experience. We've been doing a lot of traveling in cities that are not large places like Atlanta or the Panhandle and stuff. And maybe it's just because like uh, most of the things that you can consume there are chain 
uh, restaurants that have like their version of artificial strawberry and then there's not 25 versions of strawberry but there's like the one version that mcdonald's has and the version of strawberry that burger king has and oh that's, that's why. sure like they they chemically like the banana is my favorite of those yeah. okay, yeah. okay 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 yeah so artificial do you think banana. that's why it's exciting to have like uh new versions of extracting a certain flavor if, if i'm following you correctly well, I I don't I don't know. I guess is my point. I think I think what I'm getting at here, Chava, is I, I think maybe I've stumbled on the beginnings of something that's important for us to consider as we taste our way across. Uh, not even just in spirits or even in alcohol, but as we taste our way across different communities, is to think about was the focus on process or was the focus on flavor. And, you know, even when the focus is on process, the result is flavor and the intention is flavor, but getting that through process as opposed to, well, okay, here's one version of grain neutral spirit that we're going to throw cucumber into. And here's another one that we're going to throw tomato into. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think this has, this actually extremely related to design. So as you know, I, I, I made the horrible mistake of studying industrial design and going through university uh, years and years to do that. And uh, something that was very annoying to me, or not annoying, but it, it's, it was sort of the principle was that, again, I don't know if I'm following you correctly, but we were educated to say, okay, these are the most uh, industry-friendly processes, the most industry-friendly materials, and now you guys make new versions of these things using these materials and processes. And it was rare, actually it was extremely uncomfortable if you chose a different material or a different process to do something that was not as encouraged because they will tell you you're gonna suffer. There's no factory that would like to work with you. You're like, if you take the route of process, of changing process, you're actually you're making yourself someone that either has to pay for your own stuff, yeah, but it's not going to be adopted by by uh, the guys that are producing this as easy. But isn't isn't that sort of the definition of of artisanship? Well, or a definition of well, artisanship. Well, that that is definitely the reason why I'm infatuated in what in Mexico is called craft. I will claim a significant number of artisans in Mexico are so damn good because they don't only make their objects. They design their processes. They design their tools. They design their methods. For God's sake, they even design how they sell it, right? <laughs> they, they even design how, how they talk about their stuff. So I think that when compared to, I mean, one of my, uh, we, we're right now drinking from beautiful copitas that you get from Wisconsin, but the guy- No, makes, no, no. The, one was Wisconsin. The other one is- uh, It's a Tsompa. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, great yeah. example. Yeah. The guy from Wisconsin oh. buy, buys his clay from a store. He goes to the store and buys a formulation of clay yeah. that has been made for him to work in a high temperature oven that he also bought most likely. No, he built his own oven. Okay. So he you're talking about a guy it. that- yeah. that doesn't do his own formulation of clay, but build his own his own oven. Yeah. In in Oaxaca though, they're go they choose the piece of the mountain that gives the colors and the properties of the clay that they want. So they formulate absolutely from scratch, which is the the kind of artisans that I, that I am more infatuated about. 
so we're just trying one of the of the things that in in this yeah we're, we're actually sipping a bunch of stuff i think you can take a few pictures of this table and post them in the yeah well I, except for the bottles that i i just bad mouthed i won't do that um but you know oh I, lord this is not grand. No, it's not. Uh, this it's very soapy. It's funny. This it is... actually, it, it's funny. It, it, so we're sitting here drinking right now um, from two bottles from Empirical. What did you say they were? Uh, yeah, the, the name is Empirical, the brand. Uh, and I did not say that it's not grand after drinking. No, no, no. no them, that was actually. something else. That, that was, was the, some... the stuff by our friend, the... Uh... Was, hey, don't say that. What? Well, like... It's okay. He's experimenting. Yeah. I think he'd be fine hearing that. Well, like, I think it's a little bit too soapy, uh, but that's just my palate. Yeah. Uh, we're, we also have Empirical Symphony Number no. 6 that it's a... Uh, it says the batch is Pilsner Mulch. It has botanical citrus leaves, coffee leaf, fig leaf, black currant buds, which I don't know what that is. And it's... Uh, <laughs> I think, using I think... a cheese called Belgian Season 2. I'm pretty sure black currant buds just means the little flowers from the black currant plant that haven't turned into fruit yet. Okay, grand. Uh, and then Ahsoka, which was actually controversial for us because we're so not informed. And I did not know that sorghum was a kind of, uh, how would you call it, like a syrup made in the U.S. traditionally from sugarcane? Well, uh, I, but I don't know that traditionally is fair because sorghum is its own thing. Yeah, but it's, sorghum grain, yeah. yeah, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole, and I like I, I didn't know until we ran across this and I, I don't even remember where we were, North Carolina? Yes, that is correct. Uh, we were traveling through the farms of North Carolina and we went into a shop that had like costeña beans and sorghum. So, uh, but, but so, so here's an interesting point, right? Like I started off with this whole theory because I've been disappointing and disappointed in these little. Well, wait, I, I didn't even quite get your full theory. That your full theory is that it, because they're not, they're more interested in the flavor and calling the part of flavor craft they don't really scratch the surface of the process and therefore they're not being able to access something really interesting? Well, sort of. I, I think it has more to do with the fact that here we've got this, this, this guy uh, that we met who's so focused on process mm. and the, his, his journey of process is to reach flavor, whereas you've got these other examples where... It's not about process at all. It's just literally let's find flavor, and they're doing it by mixing and matching a grain neutral spirit with different ingredients. And you know, and and so my my point was, well, maybe this is why I'm disappointed. Though tasting these things from Empirical that we just tasted, I like these a lot. Mm -hmm. But so I mean, I think you might be even a little bit confused with your own theory. That's fair. Uh, Something, so we were in San Luis Potosí. Uh, well, I was with Dalton and Maggie Melate recording and doing stuff. And uh, and we ended up with Tomás Nava Lancaster, which is uh, a new, like a new guy in our lives that we both are extremely interested in. The kid is making all sorts of crazy experiments with native corn, uh Tuna, not the fish, but the <laughs> <laughs> prickly pear, I think is how you guys call it here yeah. in the United States. Um, and one of his experiments that I thought was really interesting, it's his gene. He decided to I use the prickly pear as the base neutral spirit before adding the botanicals. 
and good lord, his gene is out of this world. Yeah. Like, I usually get disappointed with Jin, and that was gold. You are having right now the empirical, the, the plum, empirical I plum. suppose. Wow, I had, wow. I like, oh, at that's least the smell of it. Yeah. Holy <laughs> smell my copita. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I mean, it smells good. It has, it has a personality. Like candy. Like candy. I mean, these are good. But, but you know, as I look at these bottles, it, none of it is about process. Uh, well, sort of, kind of. I mean, they're even listing the yeast they're using, so that that that's a lot more detailed. Do they? Yeah, of course. Where am I? Where am I missing? Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, you go. in in the front label, just uh, so oh, yeah, it's yeah. extremely prominent. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you, Lou. I think that for you and we, I was just looking at these books that, in a way, was what got you into mezcal, right? Like when when you discuss why were you infatuated about mezcal is mostly because a lot of things collided. Oh, oh, the books from the eighteen—they yeah. didn't get me into it. Well, but, but but it made you like really get interested in it. I think, like, yeah. It, it so was, so so in essence, it's this set of what I like to call farmers' almanacs. So it's really more like a set of encyclopedias for farmers from the eighteen manuals. They're manuals for yeah. agriculture. For, yeah, for, agriculture for what to purpose. do on the farm. Yeah, and and so there's. Um, uh, uh, included in one of the books is um, the blueprints for making a still. And this is, again, from the 1840s. And the thing that was fascinating to me is I found these books in 2000, I think it was 2009, shortly after visiting Lalo Anales, uh, Eduardo Anales at La Locura, um, visiting him and seeing his still and trying to figure out where he came up with this crazy notion of building a still like that. And these are the blueprints for it. Well, there's a, a they're not there's not a clay pot in this in this book. So it's but, more modern than what he's yeah got. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. more yeah. modern. But they, they are amazing designs in there. They they, they are they're really really interesting. But I think that I think the reason why you're saying that this is not completely in, like that their focus is not a completely process is because they don't have the capacity to make all of their tools. And I think that's something very common in the first world countries. You know, because, because you have all these rules with the fire. If you have a distillery, you have all these rules with the fire department. You have all these <laughs> rules with the National oh. Association of Distillers. You have all this stuff that makes everything, so, and, and making alcohol, for God's sake, in this country, so complicated to get past all those regulations and 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 stuff. God, so, which, which I would have been so utterly dismissive of uh, a few months ago, but... Given what we just experienced, right? Meeting the uh, the group in Hidalgo. Which group in Hidalgo? Uh, the the guys making pulque and then distilling pulque. Yeah, and and dying. Yeah, dying. because yeah, dying yeah. and dying because it exploded. On yeah, them. so you know, I would have been dismissive of, oh come on, like how hard it can it be? And it turns out, like if you don't know what you're doing, it can be really dangerous. Yes, and again, like everything, and has, even if you do know what you're doing, it can yes, be really dangerous. And everything has pros and cons and stuff. But I think that the thing is, when you go to Mexico, Lou, you see the extreme of I can do whatever I want in my terms, and I have a multitude of artisans to choose from that can make extremely specialized stuff for me. That is not the case here. I mean, you you try to go and quote like specific geometries of copper steels here in the U.S. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So, I, I mean, I mean, we're checking forever here. We're like in the 16 minute mark. Uh, and, and then <laughs> Did we you have say a, six zero. It's been an hour. No, what one six? Oh, that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But I, I guess, uh, like, I, I don't know if I have a a conclusion or a well, point, even. No, no, I, I, I do have a conclusion. I, I think this makes me extremely excited. What's what's this? Well, Just like, being like, being being in uh, in my living no, room no, no, slash no. dining room slash kitchen it's drinking spirits. It's freezing. It's dark outside. <laughs> You've I, got a brand new leather coat. That, I think <laughs> I think you need to be excited that you took from a dead man's body. Yes, yeah, right. Uh, but uh, I guess, like, even if they are not yet fully sold, that's why they're sell they're telling you they're experimental, Lou. You know, like, because I, I will agree that I chase a bunch of this stuff and I don't find a finalized product. And I think the really amazing thing I would go and try Agave Spirits is we're trying hundreds of years of experimentation. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe if we had arrived to Mexico in 1650 and would try Agave Spirits, they're like, oh, oh you would have been a baby. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I would have been of drinking age, but you would have been just a baby. But I've been drinking since uh, very early. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, mother. Um, but anyways, like I think you are getting to an extremely consolidated scene, to say the least. And these are a bunch of people like trying to figure it out with the, with the, even the ingredients they have, even the grains that they have at hand yeah. and, the, and the techniques they have at hand. And I think this in 10 years will become something tremendously more interesting. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I got to say, like, just right off the top of my head, this, uh, what do they call it? The Plum, um, I, I suppose. suppose. I, that's an interesting name. I'm digging the Plum, I suppose. I'm, I'm, I need not, to you know, and, and, which is not to mm. knock uh, the mango and chocolate rye at 48%, oh. which I'm also really digging. But two different approaches, both of which I think, you know, Mm, the mango and chocolate is freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of which, like, I, you know, I, I like them, and I think they've approached craft spirits from completely different angles. Mm. But, uh, and I don't want anyone to regulate and make a DO out of craft spirits, but I don't know. Just <laughs> It's just something that struck me as I was drinking the other night. No, no, no. And I, and I think that it, it is a very noble, uh, well, like, I don't know if, yeah, it's, it's still a very noble thing in the u.s it's like it's, and it's not noble in mexico well not noble as in nobility it's noble as in you novel novel <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not novel as nobility <laughs> got it okay so it's it's uh and also like i would love to see more wild fermentation for example yeah which i think you guys are terrified you know, like we no, would, no, man, like, it, it, we're not um, terrified of it uh, when it comes to beer. Really, I think. Yeah, think no, there's a lot of beers that are doing open air uh, wild fermentations now. Yeah, really. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah so, a lot, but, but, a lot. You know, yeah, I yeah, should, yeah. But but that that is exactly my point. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> baby steps. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that could be the conclusion. Baby steps. Okay. I'll catch you next episode. <laughs> okay, Vato. See you soon. Adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. 
And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.